AFI Backstage Stories Oh man, Tuesday, week eight, Corona special. How's Mo doing? <laughs> Mo's uh, doing quite quite good so far. <laughs> oh man, I saw, um, that's good to hear. I saw today that um, Zuda talked about opening up um, at least Bavaria a bit more and that we saw that at the uh, at that school today. Uh, next week, they're going to go ahead and bring the year fours back in and then... The next Monday after that, the 18th, they're going to let the year ones come back in, but then the year twos and threes won't be able to come back until after the holidays. So honestly, I think it's, doesn't it feel a bit fast to you or does it feel like, like finally? That's a, that's a tough topic. Um, I've talked a lot of, I had to talk a lot about it with my mom since she is a teacher at an elementary school. Um, right. And she's like, yeah, you can't leave those kids at home any longer they they're getting they're turning mad plus um little children do not as far as i know do not um spread any risk um yeah it's not as easy for them i think yeah it's something else with with um kids in in high schools because that's a point where, where i'm like okay you can delay any kind of i don't know a levels or whatever um, but those are the kids who might be more affected by a potential um, by a potential virus within a certain group. Yeah, I'm curious about the um, about the staff at at schools like this because at ours, I already kind of feel like the staff they have is stretched pretty thin. Like who they have there, who's capable of coming in. Um, even though we have less students, it feels strangely like more exhausting work because the the routine is so different and we're putting these kids on so many you know digital lessons and everything has to be scheduled to fit everything has to be scheduled to fit their day for teachers that aren't there so it just feels a bit more strange a bit more exhausting and then they're gonna let i don't know what is year one and year four is probably 120 or so more kids roughly and they don't really have more staff. They're just going to be like stretching it further and further, mm. you know, like and add, adding more adults to the mix. So I just wonder if that's, I really do wonder how a lot of um, Bavarians feel, at least working in like gastronomy or, or education feel about that choice to do it now. Do you know, I mean, since you're working in media, do you know what, what's going on in Austria actually? Because I don't know anything about other countries because I'm American. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> I must admit that I'm not super into the situation um, in in other countries as well. I've ruined you. But I know that Austria is um, loosening the restrictions as well. Um, And I think um, Bavaria and Austria um, try to to, to stay at 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 kind of the same level of restriction, etc., since it's so close and across borders yeah. and whatever. But sorry to hear that, that it's so stressful at school. I, but I it brings oh, yeah. me that I got a new nickname for you. Oh, what is it? Joe Exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Did you see? Did you see that they um 
that they they're gonna make a, a Joe Exotic um, fictional miniseries, and guess who's gonna play him? Did you see? I saw that they will do, but but uh, nothing about the cast. Okay, this is good. Okay, this is great. We can make our own cast really quick. So we'll just do like a, a few people. Who are two actors that you could totally imagine playing Joe Exotic? And I wonder if you're gonna get it because I saw who they cast to play him today. Joe can Phoenix. <laughs> really? Uh, he's too handsome. Ah, uh, that's true. He's not like, he can play crazy like Joker, but yeah. Joker's crazy is kind of coming from a, like almost like a beautifully dark, twisted mystery sort of place. Okay. So not J- Joker Phoenix. Oh, dude, I'm super bad with, <laughs> with actors, you know? Um, <laughs> Tierschweiger. <laughs> no, no. He's like no, the no. only German actor I can. <laughs> no, Tom uh, Schilling. I know Tom Schilling as well, but he also doesn't fit, so. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Do you want to know who? Do you want to know who got cast to play Joe Exotic in the original miniseries? First, first, tell me who you would like to play Joe Exotic. I saw a lot of people suggesting that he could be played by Matthew McConaughey. Okay. Which I think isn't so wrong. I could see that. I also thought. Um, uh, Danny McBride, who is the guy from Eastbound and Down, and I think if you saw, maybe you don't know him from this from this uh, show, but if you saw his face, you'd know who he who he is. I think Danny McBride could also do it pretty well. Um, but they cast Nicolas Cage. What? Nicolas Cage? I think it. I think it fits. I think it fits pretty. I mean, I don't know when you when you see like when you see the picture of them side by side. Joe Exotic has this very particular look about him. I mean, he's made himself so indistinguishable. Like, well, no, that's not the right word. He's not indistinguishable. He's like, what? He's very, well, there's like a perfect word for it. Like, he cannot blend into a crowd. He's made himself so perfectly unique in every, from his hair to his piercings to his style. Everything is so unique. And then you see a picture of Nicolas Cage and like, I don't know, he seems a bit taller. He's older. He's a bit chubbier now. I don't know, but maybe, maybe it works. But then again, the thing is, if you hire Nicolas Cage, you're almost kind of guaranteeing that the show you're going to get is like sort of a B-level sloppiness. I mean, he hasn't done anything on TV, I think, since the 80s, since before he broke out into films. Okay. So, I I, don't know. I totally don't know what to expect from the, from the whole idea. (laughs) And I, I didn't dive that deep into it. I think, I think maybe the, um, the best decision they could have done but this is just my opinion, is probably cast um, like the perfect nobody to play him. Someone who can do great impressions and who's trying to make a break as an actor and like someone who can really be designed to look just like him and play that role perfectly and just give a new actor a break and then support him with like whoever's going to play, you know, Rick Kirkham or Carol Baskin or Howard have those supporting roles be major players because then, you know, people want to tune in because, oh, um, you know, fucking Nicole Kidman and Meryl Streep are going to play <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And John Goodman as blah, as Don, a doc, you know, whatever. John Goodman as <laughs> John Goodman as Carol fucking Baskin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, or like, um, uh, and Will Smith as as Tiger number six or, you know, however they want to do it. I don't know. But um, 
that I think, and then they could have like a nobody who could just perfectly play Joe, maybe as the. But you know, let's just see how the rest of the casting goes. I don't even know if it's going to be Netflix, even though they have the rights to the sensational documentary, and then maybe it's Amazon or Hulu. I'm sure the bidding war is crazy for that. Yeah, but I could also imagine that um, Netflix already saved any rights regarding the whole plot, etc. And the characters. I bet, yeah. I mean, they, they must have... I mean, the, the documentary is so perfectly designed. It's, I mean, it's like reality TV. It's just so... Yeah, it's it's so polished, you know? But So I'm sure they own the rights to all that. Um, I was just... I, I had such a long weekend. Um, so Ify was gone for, I don't know, four days or something. And, um, you know, I don't know how it is with you when you have these... Um, well, the thing is, you don't you don't live with your girlfriend, so maybe it's different for you. I, I, but ever since um, I've been living with my wife, I feel like when you, sometimes you have these long stretch weekends where you know you look forward to them because you know you like you like your. I mean, I really like my alone time. I really cherish it, and she knows that. And I think we've finally gotten to a point where that doesn't feel like I'd rather spend alone time than with her. You know, it's something I think a partner has to kind of digest that like i just like alone time it doesn't mean that i don't love our time together um but sometimes you have these long weekends coming up and i look forward to them and then what i what happens every time is i i get to that weekend and the first day and a half two days is is exactly what i needed it to be you know it's like i can i can feel totally at ease like this sounds really unmanly, but what what I really like to do is like just do a good house cleaning the first hour or two, you know? So like I'll go through, I'm not talking about like, you know, scrubbing the sink or mopping or something, but like I'll vacuum the whole house. I'll wash some clothes, you know, clean the bathroom, just like give the house a good fresh open door feeling like, ah, and then, you know, then I can like order some pizza, drink some beers, watch John Wick, watch the Matrix trilogy, watch, you know, like all my, all my like more, I don't know, nerdy action stuff that she's not into at all. Um, but then what always happens on like the third or fourth day or more, especially if someone's gone for a week, man, like my motivation and sometimes even mental health and ability to focus on things that I would have so much time to do it just plummets, man. Like I would have all this time to, for example, write new music or to learn a new, to learn a new, I don't know, learn a new craft or practice something or get better at something or teach myself something or read something or like go outside and do this or do that. The best thing I can do is that I've gotten into a a daily workout routine, but you know, that's it. That's, I don't know how it is for you, but that's, that's something just last weekend, I felt like day three that I was just couching it way too hard the rest of the time you're just playing with yourself and that's get us gets us back to what? the <laughs> sex special <laughs> dude it's endless it's endless you know no but i know Crazy. exactly what you mean um it's extra weird since you're not allowed to go out or, or stuff um yeah that's part of it right like you're i'm at home yeah and i'm alone so like what am i supposed to do i don't get it yeah but i i don't know I find that people tend to build up too much pressure on themselves to be productive, to, I don't know, learn a language, read exactly this book you everyone should have read or whatever. 
and in the end <laughs> they end up doing nothing and feel even worse dude that's actually a really so what i'd like to do mm-hmm. go ahead what I, what i like to do is is before i i know i don't know tomorrow it's coronavirus or <laughs> shitty weather or whatever i just anyway i have to stay at home and i got free time and i think of one thing that is kind of i don't know could be lazy and could just be something to relax um um but still has some level of productiveness to it and that's what i do and anything else is cancelled right away <laughs> what do you mean i mean like I, i i look for something to do that um that makes me happy yeah um <clears throat> but still is something very relaxing because otherwise i'm starting they like oh i have a free day i can do this i can do that and you end up doing nothing just i don't know scrolling through instagram or whatever yes oh god so much man so much so much youtube so much instagram yeah. so much netflix yeah that's actually a good Dude. point like ex- expectations like self expectations of of when you're alone in quarantine or when you're just alone for a couple of days in general like not to hold your precious alone time to a standard that you feel disappointed at afterwards that's actually a good point yeah and, do, and don't put yourself under pressure that's the worst thing but youtube and the whole the whole i don't know the, the kind of youtube um <laughs> tornado that you get caught in once you start i'm so deep into it that i this weekend i started watching um a channel which is only about podcast microphones. Oh my god. And there's one guy <laughs> just testing podcast microphones and I guess for anyone else <laughs> it this definitely has to be the most boring with videos <laughs> you can find on YouTube. But I was thinking they're like, "Oh, <laughs> nice and this 1100 bucks microphone comes in a wooden box." <laughs> Would you say that's like the nerdiest uh, YouTube tunnel you've gone down in a while? Besides this one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if that's possible. Because um, <laughs> um, for, for me, it's always, I mean, there's always um, millions of guitar same. things. Like there's this, you know, this, we, we follow the similar like music, Instagram, meme channels and they always make fun of this. Uh, is it this guy? Is it ah, Daniel or Michael? It's some very like classic white guy name that uh, has always the clean tone. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Andy. It's always like, and here's, uh, first we're going to test out the, Andy! Andy. Yeah, it's always like, <laughs> it's like, today we're going to check out the new Boss ME50 uh, delay pedal, but first, here's the clean tone. It's <laughs> just so funny. But like, you can really, like, the, you know, Andy's channel specifically, or even like just multitudes more. Like, for example, on in November, when I got this new uh, new Fender guitar, I was really fishing around for the right kind of amp to to bring out, and uh, Fender De- Fender Deluxe had brought out. I think I told you about it, like this Deluxe Twin Reverb, but it was uh, for the it was a digital amp instead of a tube amp. And what they were trying to sell was that you know they've mastered the digital amp and it has the same texture and tone as a tube amp, and no one can tell the difference, and uh, it's very lightweight and stuff. And I ended up not getting it, because I don't know. It's really expensive, too. It's almost like a thousand euros, but um, I was really just 
for for I don't know a whole month just obsessed with this amp and, a, and like two or three more, and I was watching the most boring. <laughs> boring i mean in the moment you know when you're nerding out you're like oh yeah oh totally you're taking notes and stuff you're like oh and it has like a built-in delay oh sweet and then you finish it and you're like this this would not appeal to so many people <laughs> okay but I, at the moment i have kind of besides podcast microphones i have kind of the same thing for scooters like motor scooters <laughs> remember r- remember remember scooter mo from last summer scooter oh oh yeah 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 yeah. you were borrowing your girlfriend's scooter for a while right i want to bring scooter uh, scooter mo back scooter mo should be the name of your uh, solo side project by the way <laughs> scooter mo no i, I want to buy a scooter and i've watched so many videos and went to websites and whatever whether to buy um a 100 um electrical one or one with a with a traditional motor and whatever and comparing and watching at different specs i never have even thought before because i've never been this kind of i don't know car and motors and bike dude um but (laughs) somehow i got into looking at different specs of this scooter versus this one Ah, uh, this one is built in 2001. They built shitty scooters that year at Piaggio. So let's look for another one. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny when like when the 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 need that you have creates a new <laughs> like a new obsession and you you never find yourself being an enthusiast of something and then you're on YouTube looking at like yeah. video after video after video on this thing you just never thought about before. That's basically what I imagine life or a free time as a that being like you're dude i was i was just thinking you go first you're, you're in your thought. imagine you're in your 40s you got i don't know two three kids get a pretty bu- uh, busy schedule with your job and your family and on your free weekends you search for stuff to do and then at some point and you end up combining stuff you want to do with stuff you have to do maybe you have a, a house with a garden and you um need to get some I don't know, some machine for the garden and you end up spending hours of searching for the right machine for the right price, talking to 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 guys at the shop, etc., etc. That's what I imagine it be to be. Dude, you you really you really hit the nail on the head here and like every god, every single time that I think I I could not be watching more YouTube. That like I I will have watched more hours on YouTube than any breathing living 15 year old out there every time i think that <laughs> then i visit my dad <laughs> okay and my dad you know my my dad is is of this uh, i guess he's technically a boomer he's he's of this generation you know late 50s and the whole technolo- technological boom came you know when i was i guess like i don't know email and internet all that stuff came out when i was in middle school and um you know, he's just seen the creation of all of it, like, when he was already a dad, you know, and his whole teenager, his whole life is, is, um, you know, what, you know, bef- the before times. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. it's so crazy when I go home, like he, I've never seen anyone watch this much YouTube. I mean, he'll, he'll like, he'll, he won't, okay, we'll have dinners where I'm visiting from a different country with my wife and we'll sit at the table together 
And like he'll he'll have a, a meal with us, but then like some meals, once he's gotten used to us being there, he'll like continue his daily, hourly routine of like sitting in his chair that bends too far back now from too much use and and just looking up these cr- I mean just looking up so much music man it's only like Al Green concerts from 1971 and like you know uh like the the Hollies um you know the Hollies first single isolated harmony tracks and uh <laughs> oh Steve Miller Steve Miller band um you know deep cuts or b-sides it's just like he listens to it so he'll listen to it like we'll we'll choose a movie to watch as the family together. We'll sit in the living room. There's a TV there. We'll pick a movie, and the moment that my dad is not interested in it, he'll pull his laptop up and he'll sit there with us, but with his headphones in. And sometimes you can even hear the music coming out of the headphones. Dude, I've never wanted to slap anything out of anyone's hand more than the laptop out of my dad's head, uh, hands. I imagine that. Dude, but you you nailed it, dude. It's such a dad. Yeah, my dad kind of has the same thing, just in, in an analog way. He doesn't watch that much YouTube, but he just finds different 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 crafts. He could he could be interested in, interested in, so he buys a tool or whatever, and then starts to. <laughs> To, to get deeper and deeper and deeper into it. But he doesn't watch YouTube, I guess. I don't know. He spends a lot of time on the toilet. I don't know what he do, does there. <laughs> does, does your dad have a smartphone? Yes. A new one than me. He's watching YouTube on the toilet. <laughs> a newer one than you. Yeah. <laughs> I think my dad does too. I think that dads are just like, oh, you don't have the 11 plus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amateurs. <laughs> yeah. But then they become an over like, show me how you do these time lapse videos. Oh my God. The first, like whenever my mom and I FaceTime, I, I, I still always think about how weird it must be for her to have a phone next to her that she's, that she's you know, enlarged the text so she can see the messages easier. <laughs> and then she just sees this like, burr, 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 like a WhatsApp video call coming in from me. And always, without a doubt, she will rotate that phone horizontal to vertical <laughs> to vertical to horizontal at least three <laughs> times before she thinks that she's got it. <laughs> It's you gotta crazy. you gotta check your devices. Absolutely, absolutely. All those millennials I'll, don't do it anymore. That's why our our podcast recordings <laughs> fuck up so many times. Dude, absolutely. I would love to teach my family more about internet safety, like you know, setting them up with, I don't know, protective VPNs or or teaching them about I don't know anything like that. But I just know that one, they probably would think that it's a hoax because they live in America and everything's a hoax (laughs) (laughs) from their perspective, from their perspective. Um, And probably it would just be too, they would think it's too complicated and wouldn't use it anyway. So, Um, but they just to touch back on Corona for a second. They did tell me last week, I guess today's Tuesday. So yeah, it was maybe Saturday that, um, they were allowed back inside of a restaurant in Tennessee already. So Ooh, it was, what? yeah, which is really strange. She said it was, um, um, like only half of the seats could be used. So it was like spacing and, uh, the waiters and waitresses wore masks, but of course 
the customers didn't have to. I, I don't know. It's, I, I told them like, okay, maybe that's what Tennessee is allowing now. And, you know, if they're allowed to do it, then they feel safe enough to do it. But I mean, I already feel like opening up the school a little bit is too fast. So I think that's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't, but it's, it's weird how weird the imagination of a normal life in restaurants, cafes, schools, etc. appears to us. Don't you think? Dude, that, that's a really, that's a really interesting thought. I had this um, kind of twisted thought today, and I feel kind of bad saying it because Corona is such a serious thing. And of course, um, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But I had this thought today, imagining what school is going to be like the next couple of weeks and how, you know, I'm, I'm back there five days a week and it because of the way it is, it's really draining. And there was a moment where I thought how the first two or three weeks of this um, of this disease exploding all over the world, everything was shut down. And part of me had this really bad, maybe a bad thought, but I thought, man, you know, I kind of, at least from my perspective, I kind of liked that time because everything slowed down. You know, those first two or three weeks, um, I was home way more. I wasn't checking my phone all the time. I didn't feel, I had my morning routine, like I had my, I could sleep in a little bit more. I had my workout routine. I was playing guitar. I was like trying to sorry, trying to write more. And I don't know, just felt more like at peace. And I was like going outside when it was like really warm and sunny. And I was trying to just sit on my balcony and like, I don't know, I just felt kind of more like I was living my life again in a weird way. And now it's kind of people are wanting this to to go back to normal so badly because of the economy. And it almost feels kind of like, the wrong thing it feels like no but we had it good we had it right like i know we can't all just stay trapped at home and i know i'm with without children and i know that my my perspective is is limited you know but still there was like a little piece of me that was like i miss i miss how slowed down it was only like six weeks ago and now the the i'm so afraid of like how the normal world was because there is this disease. So it's like you said it, it's really weird to picture like, you mean they're going to bring back all the kids to the school that they're enrolled in and all of the teachers have to be there. You know, it's like, of course that's the goal. But for me, it just, it feels weird. Yeah. Or how is it with you with, with work and stuff? I got, I got to say from, I guess both of us, we're living in a very privileged privileged situation during this crisis, like you said. <clears throat> We've talked about this. For me, it hasn't changed that much, only the ways of output and communication. But regarding my work, I could do anything from home and I had small changes, but for me, personally, cool changes in my, in my schedule. Like you said, um, bringing some, some routines, um, and combining some free time stuff with work stuff like today, <laughs> I have a pretty packed day today, but it was clear between um, uh, 11.30 and 12.15, I got to wait for some files to be sent um, to my computer. And there's, I just have to wait and there's nothing to do immediately. And yesterday um, night, because it was Star Wars Day, I watched episode four. And I fell asleep and I got like 40 minutes left. 
So today I knew, okay, I have like 45 minutes of nothing to do now. Turn around, get on the couch and watch the last 40 minutes of, of the Star Wars movie. Oh, that's good, man. Yeah, you have to treat yourself, you know, and yeah. yeah. It's like you said, I, we are privileged positions, yeah. Um, what I hope for, because yeah, for me as well, it's been kind of kind of cool to to get out of this whole rush and slow everything down a bit. Um, and I, I hope, I simply hope that our society can contain a little bit of this slow down mindset. You know what I mean? After the crisis. Do you think like as soon as they, as soon as they crack the doors open that the, the desire of the people to be back the way it was, or is just going to shove its way through too quickly and we might cause more problems? Yeah. No, no. I mean, I just hope mean? that we as a society can contain some of the positive parts. People like you and me have lived through uh, during the past weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have all these, um, like good news, good news programs that have kickstarted throughout all this because there's so much crazy news all the time like this, you know, John Krasinski thing blew up on YouTube, um, some good news. And, you know, I watched a couple episodes and it's really uplifting and really fun. And I just, for me, it's almost sad to know that something like that has to be created for people to feel that the world isn't awful all the time. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's such a desire for people to, to for people to need to remember that the world can also be good that i mean it's not even just some good news there's like i don't know a hundred of these only positive um recent news channels and updates and stuff that um that are kind of exploding during this crisis and it's it's good they're doing a good thing and i, I like them i think the videos are really smart and funny but it's also like man we got to the point to where we really really need that yeah and i don't know that the uh, i don't want to call it regular or normal news are yeah. so awful all the time just shows how bad the situation in or many situations actually are um and it's so perverted that we are at a point where people start to create and it's i not want to say i do not want to say it's fake news or anything, but they they dig for something besides that to filter out and only show to the people, because that's yeah. a point where where we're leading parts of a society um, <laughs> away from 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 being informed and away from 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 consuming um, actual news and are creating a kind of parallel or are creating parallel um, realities for people because and I have the same thing once you start um, finding good stuff or good news or something that makes you happy within a certain bubble you want to have more of that and you start to <laughs> right you start to to, to, to to feel good in that bubble and so you don't want to leave it anymore and so I think it's a it's a dangerous thing. I I think it's a cool idea to to show the people, hey, there are good things happening, but to to filter it and to only bring that. I don't know if it if it will have effects that are good for for our societies on this world. 
Yeah, what's this? I don't know this famous expression by heart, but I think I forgot who said it. But there's like this expression that people only want to hear what they already believe, and I think the fact that the news has gotten so oh man, I sound so old, but like the fact that most news has gotten so biased and like you said, so oh, what's this? There's another man. I'm losing all of my English nowadays. Um, there's a really great word for, uh, 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 oh, fuck, it's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> so anyway, news has gotten to a point where the information you're getting is meant to keep you watching and to make you feel afraid so much and to keep you wondering if this news cycle has the right answer that on the other side of that, people have had to create literally like the, the, the Batman to the Joker. Like it's just the same thing but the exact opposite so it's not like i don't think it's just just like we're saying you know it is good and and we like it to have these these like purest positivity channels and i think if you if you look at it for what it is it is someone trying to do good but the the, the bad thing is is that that kind of thing needs to exist like that is the problem that it needs to exist you know what we need is it's kind of like saying like Jim Gaffigan has a great joke about shampoo and conditioner. He's like, you know, they created conditioner because people were using shampoo too much. So instead of just doing less shampoo, they created another oil to put into your hair. And they're just like adding on, I think he calls it goos and potions. He's like, you're just adding on more goos and potions. So it's like, instead of, we don't need this. Um, ah, sensationalized. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Whew. We don't need, like we need, we don't need like crazy sensationalized fear mongering news and then like a purest good news to balance it. But actually what we would need is just a non-bias factual news source that can share the reality of what's going on to keep you informed, but also including the fact that the world is not burning up, you know, around you that you're not going to be swarmed today by these American murder hornets, you know? (laughs) That's one of the the the, the worst stories. <laughs> Man, I lo- I do I honestly though I know it's it's fucked up, but I do love these memes. Do you know the do you know like the 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 black guy behind the tree rubbing his hands together, kind of like oh here it comes. Yeah, yeah. You know that meme? I love that when it's like, um, like January, February, March, April, uh, are gone, and then you just see. He, the guy behind the tree is May rubbing his hands together, but his face is a murder hornet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so, it's so wrong, man. But, um, I really hope that we didn't bring the vibe down. We know this is probably the most real we've gotten on the show in a while. Yeah. And that's cool. That's I pretty that's cool. cool. Yeah. I haven't really like, I haven't really put that feeling into words yet. I think I needed to do that because it's just, it is a weird time. And I don't know, I think I'm trying to say what I think people need by kind of really thinking like, what do I need? And I really only know my, my world through my eyes, unfortunately. But, um, I think it's, yeah, it's just a little bit, instead of adding more conditioner, just a little bit less shampoo, you know, Yeah, (laughs) just keeping things balanced a bit. But, um, but in Germany, don't they have this, um, I mean, I'm sure they, I'm sure Germany bends the rules as much as any other country, but isn't it like in newspapers in Germany, isn't it um, illegal to to have this like sensationalized bias? 
Ooh, in the terms of you know like uh in america if you read um like breitbart news it's it's like extremely alt-right conservative conservative fear-mongering news but then if you read like i don't know la times and new york times or something it's it's a bit more it's a bit more just purely informative and intelligent stuff but it's definitely leaning hard left liberal i uh, uh that's what you mean yeah yeah um in germany you definitely have to separate um, information from opinion. In the same newspaper, or they have different papers. Within any kind of kind of kind of kind of text, if you have a, a comment on something by an editor or whoever or a column or whatever, it has to be marked as such. And that's why. Um, because anything that's not information has to be marked. So this is um, the opinion of so-and-so combined with... This could be funded by by information, obviously, everything. <laughs> but um, it yeah. has to be marked as a text which contains the opinion of the author. Uh, okay, so it would have to say the following text is you know, purely the opinion of Michael something-something. Yeah, that's also why when we, when, <clears throat> when at M94.5, if one of um, the people who working here is writing um, something with his opinion, a comment, do you call it comment in English? Like com like commentary? Like a commentary, yes. Um, with his opinion, we post a picture of the author Right. A huge picture with the article. So it's clear it's this person and it's their respective opinion. Okay. Okay. Well, that's cool because, I mean, I think I don't see that so much in America. I mean, I think major publications like The Times probably, probably defines fact and opinion a bit more but the general writing is obviously through a liberal lens and um i think they don't even in the highest channels i think the the separation of them isn't so clear dude look at fox news <laughs> yeah, that's what i mean for sure i mean fox news is like the like definition definition far-right conservative sensationalism and it's i mean and for me this is this is so crazy how it's become like the main source of information for that for the leader i mean i'm just repeating what everyone knows but it's just like the source of information for the leader of the country instead of the opposite that's so strange to me i mean ima I, just, ugh. I mean imagine if like obama or even fucking george bush i mean any president i mean i mean imagine if they were like reading uh the times or reading breitbart or or watching msnbc or something and and getting the information that they tweet out to the world from that TV show. And then you have them, he had like calling into the program and like, if they don't say something that he likes, he shuns them and like, you know, gets them canceled off the show or gets them, you know, losing their book sales or it's just, it's so crazy that, that, that is, that that's real. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, the bubbles are a big issue. Um, environmental pressure on um, media institutions is a big issue because, at from from the point on where you where you are 
dependent on a sponsor, on advertising or whatever, you are in some form affected by it content-wise. There are no, no exceptions. And that's also why in Germany, um, <clears throat> after World War II, since today, public, public broadcasting is such a big thing. Like every everyone who lives in Germany or every household has to pay a certain... Um, I think it's it's 18, 18 euros a month, 17.50, something like that. <clears throat> to, um, and this money is being invested into public broadcasting, so that there is there are media institutions that do not depend on commercials, advertising, sponsors, sponsorship, whatever, and are as independent as possible. Okay. Well, see that out there, man. That also boils down to like people being happy to pay a more tax for for a social and a humanitarian right of like free press, un, like non-biased information at a regular hour every day, you know, like connecting people as as to like what's th what's the most information we can get that isn't from your fucking basement of opinions and we can all work together to to discuss and plan the right thing and that's just such a crazy issue for me with america that they they really some like some of them i've spoken to so many of them especially in the south who just genuinely believe that paying a higher tax is is like losing a freedom <laughs> That's so crazy to me. I mean, I, of course, like living there, I never thought about it. And I can only say that now. I know that. But now that I can see it, it's it's like this glass, like this foggy glass in front of me shattered. And it's like, no, 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 no. You guys are really backwards here. Like, that makes so much sense to just, if you just, it's not as if you're like giving away your whole paycheck or something. Like if everyone just pitches in, like, I don't know, a little percent more then, you know, you can go go towards this. I mean, this is a whole different conversation now, but like going towards education, going towards, going towards, towards, uh, you know, a non-biased free press, uh, everything, man. Like it just, yeah, sorry. The funny thing is when you, when you rant about American press and broadcasting, etc., everything regarding journalism that's happening in Germany has been built Mostly the biggest influences had England and of course America. So those because the 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 Allies um, built up this system after after they took over um, Nazi Germany. So that's 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 the weird thing about it. The the Americans established so many progressive um, good things in Germany that they still have issues with in America. <laughs> such a weird, such a weird, weird... Well, no wonder there's uh, some, uh, you know, purist good news things out there, like some good news, you know? <laughs> Less shampoo. Less shampoo, not more conditioner. That's yeah, crazy. <laughs> so weird. Absolutely, man. I think, I don't Less know, I think shampoo. it's just... It's pretty can, I guess we can save uh, Sexy Part 2 for next week because we've gone so far in this direction now, but um, I really think... Maybe it's just, I think now that they're starting to open things back up towards the way things were, 
I, I don't know. I think it just hit me more this week than it had before. I, I, I've always been this way. I think it's I'm I'm always a really late bloomer with how information affects people or affects me. You know, like again, like you mentioned, being in a privileged place. Of course, Corona from the moment that the country started shutting down, it was a an everyday big thing, and you know, some things you adjust to more easily, like. Of course, when you think about your, when you think about your entertainers, um, you know, not performing, or or when you watch your your satirical um, news programs being filmed from home without an audience or something, those are all things you, strangely enough, you adjust to very quickly. But those other things, like how it's really, how is your life going to be affected by this? permanently or how are other people going to be affected by this permanently i've always unfortunately been a very late bloomer with like really heavier information or really swallowing how how i feel about it i think when someone asks me how i feel about things like that sometimes i just don't have an answer and i think i don't know if it's me blocking it out or if i just need a lot more time to imagine the effects of it, you know, whether it's a world crisis or whether it's like a big important change in my own life. I I think it takes me so long to actually have a feeling about it because part of me always brushes the, the depth of it away, I think to make it easier in the moment. And then later, maybe even subconsciously it hits me and then maybe I have a reaction on a friend or in a situation that has nothing to do with it. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I, for for my part, I I have those as kind of issues with how I feel about things like this, things that have a big effect on me in the in the first place, um, and then get a kind of kind of delay in my head with with how I I don't know convert what I what I saw and what happened to me um, on the long run. So it's like, um, easy example. When I was, I guess, 15, I was um, sleeping at my, or 14 or 15, I was sleeping at my, uh, my grandma's place. And for some reason, I woke up and it was, it was summertime, it was pretty hot and opened up um, the window and looked out of the window or was I on the balcony? I don't know. Anyway, I saw a small fire growing on the, the house across the street. And then I went down to, to wake up my grandma. And when we looked out the window again, like three houses were burning. And, and, I'm, and I made the, the emergency call and, and the firefighters came and everything worked out. No one got hurt. Just those, those three, I don't know how to call it in English, Reihenhäuser. You know, like 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 longer houses that are split in parts for different families. Um, and you pretty you you pretty quick quickly realize, okay, there's a house burning. It just translates to like row houses, like yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you you really quick realize, okay, there are houses burning. Now for me, it's like okay, I quickly realized, Corona crisis is a big issue. 
And then you're at the, at the level, okay, there are first things happening in this example. Firefighters are getting their work done and stopping the fire. And then for the next, I don't know, three to four weeks, there's this burnt down house, this burnt down house, like ashes and burned wood and whatever lying around. And you, you, and it's, and it's missing and it's weird. And then at some point, um, people start to rebuild something on the, the, the place, start to rebuild the house. And it even gets weirder. And then you, you always, every time I, I, I would, I would pass the street, I would look at the, the, the rebuilt house and like, this shit burned down. And then like now, when I look at it now, <laughs> I can, <laughs> I can, um, <laughs> I, I ride, a, I ride across this, this house, look at it and think like, hmm, who did paint that, that wall in this color? It looks awful. And so it's been like it's been like eight years ago that this house burned down, but it affected me in so many different stages. And it's it's there was it was not my 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 relatives or whose house burned down. So I have not been affected personally, but you see it, then it's it's burned down. Like, and I think we're in a in a situation right now where the the house already burned down, but there's no one come yet to to clean up and to rebuild something and so the the moment that it burned down is way more present than the moment where you rebuild it and there's a new house standing there oh man that's a great analogy it is kind of like that yeah yeah because what yeah because it's so overwhelming when you when you see something so tragic and you especially when it's not affecting you personally you know it wasn't your house and it's something that you kind of feel in passing and you feel empathy, but it's not something, I mean, it's kind of how humans are. It doesn't affect people as much unless it's affecting them or someone they know. But then later, when you see it changing and you see it being healed and you see it being changed into something else, that's when you realize that either you had a chance to do something, or in this case, not, of course, but you had a chance to drink it in and like absorb it and digest that information but it's coming like way, way later. And I don't know. I, I, don't, I wouldn't even say that's necessarily a good or bad thing. I don't know. I, just a funny way of human behavior. Like it's just something so intense and too big to digest. It's kind of like, that. I don't know, like the number, you know, 150 billion. It's like something I can't digest and something maybe I never will. And when these big things happen, I don't know. Uh, I guess... Uh, do you wonder, because sometimes I, I think I never really thought about how really, really, really tragic and awful, like the sinking of the Titanic was. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is, this is a phrase you could come up to me at 2am at a party. We haven't talked to each other for like two hours and you come up with exactly this phrase and I'd be totally in. <laughs> 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 I, 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 you know, I don't know. I, I've seen that movie. I, I mean, over ten times probably. I really like it. And um, not too long ago, uh, we we rewatched it again. And for some reason, on this viewing, 
Um, I, it just really, really, I don't know, maybe it's cause uh, we're in a current pandemic or something, but it just really hit me how insane all of this was and how terrifying and, and like overwhelming and awful that must've been. And it was kind of the first time where I really started thinking about like the bodies and the cold water and like the ship falling apart and everything, man, super overwhelming. But it's kind of like that. It was, it's like such a big historical major tragedy that obviously you hear about it, you learn about it, whatever, there's a movie about it and you, you don't really connect to it. And then just maybe one day, if it's a tragedy that means something to you or you have time to think about it, it can just sink in like, oh my God, that's so unbelievably terrible. And that, you know, human, it was because of human error and because of how selfish and capitalist and, um, and wrong people denied that they were. And yeah, it's really something that could have been so avoided. A Corona couldn't have been, I guess, but maybe to the extent that it spread, I don't know, but yeah, it's weird. It's weird how you always, um, I, I don't know, digest things so late. It feels like I'm just, sometimes I get scared that, um, especially when things happen in my personal life that are a big deal and they are serious and I should take them, I should take my time to really analyze how I feel about these changes that I, that I don't do it well enough as I should. And maybe, maybe how I view the changes with Corona is a good chance to maybe make that change in my life where I can say like, this thing is happening and it's scary and I don't like it. And let's discuss like how I feel about it because it's so, I don't know. There's just things you get asked down the road sometimes. And you, I don't know, in my case, just really haven't developed a feeling about it. It's kind of like, yes, this is happening and you know, Oh, it's not great, but everything's going to be fine. But it's not, that's not like a real human feeling about it. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, did you ever have like this really big thing happen to you? Um, good or bad, maybe that you just didn't have a strong reaction to initially. Yeah. Yeah. One, one big, um, one big memory. I was 10 years old, I guess. Um, and my grandpa died um and precisely he committed suicide and i was i was <clears throat> we don't have to get too deep in there but i was waking up um and my mom because i heard my mom rushing up the the wooden stairs to my to my to my room and she told me like your grandpa is dead and i was lying there for i guess 10 minutes and didn't know, okay, Moritz, how should you feel about this? Wh- what is it? Wh- what you, how, how should you feel? And th- there were so many things. I was like, I was lying there and initially after two minutes, I found myself smiling for a second and I have no fucking clue why. After those 10 minutes, when I went down to my family it was pretty sad and, and pretty deep, but I had those 10 minutes alone in my room because my mom had to get down to um, to look after my, my father and my sister. And I didn't know 
how I should feel about the death of my grandpa. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I've heard I've heard that a couple of different times from from some friends who had like a a death in the family, and then there's just you know they're a kid, and I think that happens a lot too, where you just have this freeze this freezing moment like this. I don't I I don't know if this is even connected to the the idea of fight or flight, but I guess it can be. And in those moments, you you just feel so helpless, and you're not really sure if it's real and if you can't digest that it's something you can't change, that you you can't go back and say something different, and you can't blink your eyes and it just not be there, and so you can't you can't run away from it. And you can't fight to change it, so it's kind of your body shutting down in this mode, like a like a robot, you know, running out of battery, just stuck on this repetition of the information you were just given, just like a record playing over and over. It's so crazy. I, like I, th- I think about my dad sometimes because when he was um, a really young kid, um, or maybe he was in middle school already, um, his house burnt down, and I remember a lot of the story. He told me a lot when I was a kid about it. And long story short, they had to basically run out very quickly. And none of his childhood memories were saved from the fire. So I think he there's like two or three photos or something. Or maybe some cousins also had some photos coincidentally. But just like there's just nothing saved. You know, his his basketball trophies or his... Oh, you know, his awards or his notebooks or his diaries or his old photographs or, you know, anything. There's just nothing. And um, sometimes I, it took me a long time to digest how, how tragic that must have felt for him. And when I was maybe even around the same age, like middle school, um, just because it reminded me when you talked about the houses burning down, um, we we lived in a really small town and we were told one night that there was a house burning down by our school. And it's, it was just kind of the thing that, because that's such a crazy thing to see that all of us got together, or I think maybe that night it was just me and my dad, but we got in the car and drove to a safe distance, but where we could see the house burning. And it was just crazy, man. It was this entire house just engulfed in flames, just like billowing into the sky. And I remember standing next to my dad and a friend of his, maybe from work, um, walked up and said, hi. And you know, when you're a kid, you feel like the people around you are extra, extra tall. I remember think, I remember like looking up at both of them and in my head, I'm only like standing at their, at their belt line. Um, but I remember hearing the guy, I don't know why this really stuck with me, but the guy said something along the lines of, wow, I've never seen a house burned down before. And I'll never forget, my dad was just looking at the house with his arms crossed and without any emotion in his voice at all, he just goes, I have. And dude, I mean, like, you know, 10 or 15 years later, I was, I was uh, in the car, he already here in Germany. And I just, I don't know, I was listening to a song or something. And I just, this memory came out of nowhere and it just replayed in my head. And it just finally, like we're talking about, years later, just hit me um, how tragic that must have been for him and how I never really asked him much about it. I guess I still could, but it's just this idea of like, that was something so crazy that I just 
I didn't blow it off, but I also didn't give my dad a chance to like tell me how awful that must have been. You know, I was just kind of like, wow, that's, that's crazy. You know, it's so, so strange. And I wonder how, uh, you know, like, of course, our privileged perception of Corona is very different from a lot of people, but I, this will be something that, you know, and in a few years down the road, we will have as like a pretty big part of our lives as a memory. And I wonder how we will, you know, uh, translate this experience to, to our kids or, you know, during this podcast, man, (laughs) that's true. I mean, Hey, at least this, that's cool. We are, we are living in the age of, uh, saving, saving things digitally forever. So at least they can listen to this. That's true. Yeah. And you know what I want to do? I love this talk so far and it's gotten very deep and it was pretty fun to to listen to your stories and also to tell you some of mine. Um, But what I want to do, maybe within the next weeks, we can make it work to have guests on again via Skype or something. Because I want to hear more of those stories and more of those opinions, how people are living through this, this crisis and how it affects them and how they can restart probably yeah man we've still got we've got a few guests lined up that we had to had to cancel on a month ago or so so i think we could just call them up and if you can if you know a way to to make it work like this uh, online then I, i'm down for sure i'd love to have guests back that's the whole that was the whole original idea of the show was to learn some experiences you know yeah and we can definitely do that and i i hate to stop here but i have a, a meeting with Uh, within a few minutes but there's two things we can promise to anyone who might still be listening there will be a sex a sex episode (laughs) and there will be guests again yes absolutely and this is a perfect note to end on mo um thank you for your time and for your honesty and for being a great uh a great buddy on this one i really really love you man um so um for for those who enjoyed the show today, please go to uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show and please give us a, a share or a comment or a rating or follow us or even, you know, just word of mouth goes a long way for shows like ours. So please tell a friend if you liked it. And thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, guys. Look out, baby, the saints Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5.